from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by Bear County Elections Administrator Jackie Callanan, and we're going to be talking election security. And you say cybersecurity. Well, why elections and cyber? Well, uh, if you've been out and voted over the last few elections, you're going to see that that uh, voting booth now has got a computer in it, and there's computer data there. And this has been a, a topic uh, that folks have gone all the way back uh, to uh, the, the dangling chads. Um, if, if folks remember back in that election, this is when we had paper ballots in the voting booth and everyone's like, well, this cyber stuff, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. Maybe we should go to paper. Maybe there's uh, better ways to do this than with computers. Well, um, Jackie's joined us today to talk about what we're doing here in Bear County, uh, how that all works. And uh, as the, the world evolves from these paper ballots to digital ones, uh, why it's a, a better way uh, to go about the, the vote counting, uh, just not only from an, an ease of use and accessibility perspective for the voters, uh, but all the way through from the security and chain of custody. So thank you for joining us, Jackie. My pleasure. So uh, can you uh, help out the listeners here? Um, we've got early voting starting uh, next week uh, for this November election. And uh, a little bit of the take us down the, the memory lane uh, on Bear County elections. How long have you been working uh, in the elections here? I've been in the office 22 years. and This is my 13th year as the administrator. Okay. So, so you've got some of the history directly for, uh, from your own time there. So uh, Bear County, uh, when did we make the transition from paper ballots to electronic? Bear County was really had great foresight, and we were one of the first counties in the nation to go 100% electronic. We held our first election in 2002. We were pre-HAVA, which was uh, just cutting edge. Yeah. So uh, this, uh, it's good with uh, us being Cyber City USA. Uh, we should be one of the ones uh, blazing the trails for uh, electronic ballots and, and the electronic voting. So uh, from an election administrator perspective, what was the, the big impetus behind making the move from paper ballots to electronic to start with? Well, I think you stated it very, very well, Brett, at the beginning, where there were just all these questions about paper ballots. Um, the elections weren't being announced or, or finished in a timely manner, um, missing ballots. I, the, the list just goes on. And there really was an uproar. And as you said, we had hanging chads. So while Bear County was on the cutting edge, there then became a national movement to get away from uh, the, the hanging chads. Uh, the problem with that, as you all would know, is with the punch cards, if you run them through the machine once, and you run them through a second time, you, you may get a different answer, yeah. depending on if some of them were loose. And so that was just not acceptable. And so the country moved towards electronic or touchscreen voting uh, a lot more, as you said, secure. That's what we're looking for. But the voters embraced it. They really did. They understood it. We've already gone through years and years and years of ATMs and it was it was a known technology. Yeah, and so one of the uh, 
uh, things that from a, a voting perspective, there's a, I'll, I'll call it ballot fatigue. I don't know what the actual real uh, name or word is is for it, but uh, have the, as you've gone from the paper ballots through to the electronic, has that uh, helped in the voter participation across all of the, the races? Is, has there been any change there as well? It's, it's hard to measure that because we've also been in the uh, center of a huge growth explosion here in Bear County. So over the years, we've watched the numbers go up, whether we can attribute that directly to the DREs and the electronic voting, we can't say. But here in Bear County right now, we have over a million registered voters. That's, uh, that's great news because uh, we're roughly 2 million people, and some of those are kids, so we don't let them vote quite yet. Um, but hopefully, if you're in a Cyber Patriot program and you're listening to the show, you're going to learn a little bit about uh, elections and politics, and uh, you'll learn to uh, participate when uh, you do turn 18. That's so well spoken. So um, you, you'd mentioned an acronym, and I always like to help uh, our listeners learn these things. You said a DRE. Yes, I did. Yes. It's a direct recording equipment. Okay. So is that like the, our producer's laptop here, direct recording, or explain <laughs> the direct recording equipment to, to the folks out there? Well, again, I know the, the listeners, I mean, you are up on all of the modern technology. And of course, the platform we're on comes back from year 2000, 2001. And so the DREs are touchscreen voting. When the voter steps to the booth, the election official brings up their specific ballot. Um, in Bear County, we have 712 precincts, but we may have 900 different ballot styles, variations of who everybody gets to vote for. So they bring that up. The voter casts their vote. The system is certified in Texas, and it's a requirement that the voter must have the opportunity to review their selections before they cast their ballot. When they push the cast their ballot, the system is set up that it records their votes in one of three different media on that unit. One, we can harvest the votes back off of it with a personalized PEB, a personalized electronic ballot, or it goes onto a flashcard, or we can put it with a ribbon cable and take it off with a laptop. So we have never lost a vote with our electronic voting. No, oh, and that's a, a amazing difference from the, the paper ballots where I think everyone accepted that there was going to be some number of ballots lost every election. And as a voter, you hear that and you're thinking, is that really true? Well, yes, that was true. There was some number of ballots that it, you would have a, a record of it being cast and it wouldn't get found in, in every election with the paper ballots. We've heard the, we've heard those comments. We've heard those. And again, uh, it was a problematic election with paper ballots. That uh, was the impetus for us to move forward to electronic voting. Yeah. And so with uh, electronic voting, how does that change the ability to roll out a program like early voting as well, which has helped the participation rates? Oh, it's Brett. I can't tell you the difference it's made. Um, with the electronic voting, we set out our units. We'll give eight to 18 units at an early voting site. And you heard me mention the personalized electronic ballot. The PEB is a little block that holds electronically every ballot style in Bear County, any number of ballots. Prior to that, when we were paper ballots, we would have to move file cabinets into our early voting site. 
and the voters would have to wait while the election officials found their particular paper ballot. From 900 different ballots. Exactly. You know, am I pulling out the right drawer? How many do I have? Oh, I only have two left. Wait, i got to call downtown and get another one. That doesn't happen with the PEBs. They are, uh, and you just, they're finite. You just keep using them and using them and using them. Yeah. And so now uh, with this electronic voting, so you said we've rolled this out back in 2002. Um, and we've, we have more voters now. Or, so we just add more of these voting terminals? Uh, we absolutely do. Um, the fleet that we have in Bear County right now, we have 2,842 of the units. So we have a sufficient number. Texas law requires that if you use them in early voting, you cannot use them again for election day. You must keep all of the information that's on that until you certify the election. So we have 2,800 of them. Yeah, and uh, so the, that's one we'll uh, talk a little bit about um, after you get through the voting, um, this whole chain of custody and how ballots get counted uh, after the uh, bottom-of-the-hour news traffic and weather updates. So if you want to learn uh, really like what happens there on Election Day, that those polls close, and then how do we go through the counting, and how do you ensure that I mean, these are computers. Everyone knows you can go in and change numbers and fields and things, and um, but not really on these electronic voting machines. And so uh, Jackie will be able to give us the, the background and explanation there as to uh, why, as uh, she'd mentioned there, that these machines store these ballots uh, and why that chain of custody on the data gives us a good confidence that uh, in our elections that every vote gets counted and every vote gets tracked properly uh, and that these are trustworthy voting results out there. So... Uh, I know in, you've mentioned, uh, I guess I did as well at the open of the program, so you uh, work for Bear County, uh, and but you don't just do Bear County elections. The Bear County is responsible for state elections, federal elections, for city elections, for all the different elections that happen to happen for residents of Bear County, whether it's a county election or either a municipality in the county or state or federal as well. Uh, do you have any uh, kind of background in history? How did the counties get put on the hook for all of this stuff? <laughs> that, that's a really interesting question. Um, when you look at the Constitution of, the Texas, of Texas's Constitution, you can see that when county government was set up, they had two main functions, the courts and the jails, peacekeeping, and elections. So as you can see, our poor county government have grown exponentially in other items. But since day one, the elections has always been the responsibility of each county. And federally, elections are states' rights. Each state controls its own, obviously. Um, we have the Elections Administrative Administration Commission back in D.C. We get some guidelines from them, but the elections are states' rights. So other states may not have their elections run through a county government. They may run it statewide, or they may run it from a city government handling them? You're absolutely correct. We have a number of states that are run statewide, uh, and then it's pushed down to the various counties or down to the cities. Uh, and you also have some cities who are large enough, in the city of Chicago, they handle their own elections. We have about 56 different entities, meaning taxing entities, that we control their elections for here in Bear County. And and in uh, Texas, so you're running it at, the, at a county level. 
Um, and you said maybe Chicago runs it at a the city level inside the state. As you go out to some of our smaller counties, because you said that like Chicago is big enough to run their own, Bear County is big enough to run their own. We have hundreds of counties in Texas. Does e- each county have uh, someone in your role um, that handles the elections for those other counties? That's a wonderful question. Texas has 254 counties. Yeah, it's 200, that's a, yeah, 200 and something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really divided up. And right now in Texas, the elections can be conducted in one of three manners. Either there's an elections administrator, which is an appointed official. It can be run under the county clerk's office, or it can be run under the county tax assessor's office. When you have an elections administrator, you're merging the tax assessor and the county clerk. And so the administrators have as their duties both the voter registration side of the house and the election side of the house. And right now, in Texas, there are 109 counties that have elections administrators. So I hope that helps. Yeah, so a little, 40% of them. So, so, yes. Okay. Uh, And so here, um, inside San Antonio city limits, we actually hit a few different counties. Um, If I, or is it all, is San Antonio 100% inside Bear County? At this time. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you say With that. the annexation uh, uh, going on at maybe this time. Not. Okay, yes. yeah. So as I think, if I think about our area, <clears> and like you get up some of the, the area in the north part of Stone Oak, you end up in Guadalupe or Comal County, but I guess they're not also, they're outside San Antonio city limits at that point. Well, for instance, we we handle the city of Fair Oaks. Okay. So the city of Fair Oaks is in three different counties. Okay. And so when it's time for their election, they come to us and we we handle their, we put on their election through a contract, and the other two counties allow us to provide their voters that same assistance. Okay, yeah, so that's interesting. I was uh, kind of where I was headed on some of this is, yeah, for these cities like Fair Oaks or San Antonio, I guess, 100% inside of Bear County. Interesting. I thought it crossed over, but learn something new every time I do one of these programs. You're listening to Cyber Talk Radio on 1200 WAI. I'm joined by the Bear County uh, Elections Administrator, Jackie, and we're talking about electronic voting and voting cybersecurity. Uh, if you just uh, joined in and turned on the radio dial right now, uh, you can listen to the rebroadcast and replay of this. Uh, we will be online on Tuesday um, in the second day of uh, early voting here in Bear County. Uh, you can find us on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com as well as on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you like to listen to uh, interviews like this uh, via podcasting services, uh, we'll also be on iTunes, Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, or any of the other uh, favorite podcasting services for your uh, Android devices. So, Jackie, again, thank you for joining us. We've uh, had a good talk going through uh, just some of the the transition in Bear County to electronic from paper voting and uh, being one of the first counties uh, in the nation to go ahead and make that transition. And also covered uh, just a little bit about uh, Texas election structure and history and, and how those things work. Um, as w- we were going through and uh, heading into this, we had mentioned early voting and uh, some of the uh, options that are now much easier for you to offer uh, to the Bear County residents with potentially 900 different ballots for like that's got to be for like the big presidential election years right where you get those that many different ballots or how does that vary kind of per cycle so this one coming up here uh this week there's uh, only a, a handful of things on this ballot right correct correct and so 
um, most of Bear County residents will go to the polls and they'll have two issues on their ballot. There are seven constitutional amendments for the state of Texas, and there are two directors at large for the San Antonio River Authority. And then we have six other entities that have joined us, but again, you have to live within the city boundaries of the city of Windcrest or the city of Converse, uh, just to name a few. Oh, so not quite 900, but still more than one ballot. There you go. There yes. you go. So if I wanted to find out where my early voting location was at or where my polling location is, where, where can I go to find that information? Great question. Uh, you would go to our website or you would call our phone system. In early voting in the state of Texas, any voter can go to any of our 34 early voting sites. You do It's not precinct specific. So if you're out at lunch and you're downtown, you can walk over to the Justice Center. Uh, if you're on your way out of town, going to a soccer game, you stop at Universal City. You stop at Fair Oaks. So we're at 34 regular places uh, for early voting. Now, when it's election day, you are specific to the precinct that you live in. Um, our website is www.bexar.org. And when you go there, we have a place where you put in your birth date and your house number, and it will bring up your specific ballot. So you'll know exactly who you get to vote for, what issues are on that ballot, and it gives you your polling location. That's great. So you don't get to, no surprise in the voting booth. Correct. And then, uh, so it, does this save uh, Bear County as well from mailing out ballots ahead of time to everybody? I mem- I feel like I remember I used to get them, but lately I don't know that I have, but I'm also really terrible at checking my mail these days at the house. Well, again, uh, Texas is not an all-by-mail state. Um, we've seen the projects that have gone on in a couple of, of states, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, they've moved to all mail, where they mail out 100% of their voters a ballot. But they've seen that it really hasn't increased the turnout as much. In Texas, we have a mail process, but it's for four specific reasons. Number one, you're over 65. It's sort of a rite of passage. You don't have to come down and have to worry about the weather. Two is disabled. Three is for you will be out of the county on election day. So they're for the people who travel, um, are going on vacation, some of the contract workers that are out. And then we have the fourth category, that you're confined in jail, but you're not finally convicted. There you go. So then that third category then would also include all of our servicemen and women that may be deployed somewhere but are residents of Bear County? Yes. we, we Military City is fantastic, and we've been on the cutting edge uh, for pilot programs. And so here in Bear County we are permitted to email our service people their ballot. And if they are in a hostile fire zone, if they're in, you know, overseas, they can actually vote their ballot and then email it back to us, which is a growing, growing part of this. Uh, It's fantastic. So that's a, I mean, it's a electronic absentee process that you're piloting there with the, with our servicemen and women. Yes, but, but again, not quite, they, we, when they email their ballot back to us, it comes back to a, to a secure server. Uh, there are only two or three people that are, have permission to be in there to download it because at that point we are seeing someone's vote. Yeah. And uh, we are keeping the sanctity of that. And so we print their ballot off. 
then we put it in an envelope and mark it so that when it goes to the early ballot board uh, for processing, they can't tell whether it came in that way or it was mailed back to us. Oh, interesting. So that absentee process really still is, a, it's a paper ballot even, but paper facilitated by email for the service members then right now. Correct. And in, for instance, last November when we had the presidential, we had 48,000 pieces of mail. So, yeah, we've got to have one of the larger programs with that, with the number of folks we have uh, here that are, are deployed, either whether it's in the military or even uh, working in our oil service industry. If you're out um, there, you're not going to be uh, coming back to a voting booth very easily. That, that's a great point. And, and again, Bear County usually ranks in the top five nationwide for military. Yeah. So. Uh, we've gone to the uh, uh, the electronic ballots in the voting booths. We've talked here about this kind of still in this uh, paper ballot process for the absentee. One of the things I've I've heard folks talking about is, well, now you've got facial recognition, you've got thumbprint on your th- verification on my iPhone. Why can't I just vote on my iPhone? It will it will come to that eventually. It will. I I don't think it will come in my tenure right now. There's still too many questions on that, but. The technology is just, as you, you all are perfectly uh, the experts on it, is growing in leaps and bounds. Uh, and in the election code or the legislative guidelines that we're getting, they're not growing as fast as the technology is. Um, for instance, we still have a prohibition against anyone using their cell phone in the poll site. Um, we have to post signs up there. And it gets harder and harder for our voters to understand that. You know, if they're standing in line, they're on their phone. If they have their sample ballot, they've already figured out who they want to vote for, it's on their phone. And then we have the, the brand new voters, their first-time voters that want to take the selfies. All of that is prohibited. Yeah. Oh, that's an that's a interesting one. Is they want to show their civic uh, pride. They want to be able to share, which could... Uh, help voter participation, help turnout, help all the things that um, state legislatures and election commissions want to encourage. Um, it, it, then at the same time, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, we're still not quite there on uh, where is it okay to take the selfie inside. You can take it out in front of the polling place in the parking lot. That's probably as close as you're allowed to get, I think, is there's a 100 feet. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. There is. It's 100 foot. And I mean, now we have signs posted all over the place that said, no, you can't do this. And you know, we don't want to turn our election officials. I, I The last thing I would want to do is have my election judges be phone police in yeah. the poll site. You know, oh. they've got other things that they should be doing. Well, that's what high school teachers are for these days. They're, they're the phone police. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I'm making our, our, our producer here laugh because he used to teach. And so even in, when he was a, a teacher, it was already a problem. I can't imagine now, James. Yeah. So you're listening to Cyber Talk Radio on 1200 WAI. Um, In the second half of this program here after this news, traffic, and weather update, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what happens after you you finish voting and uh, we go through and and those ballots are stored. How are they counted? How is this whole counting process better with electronic voting um, than it was when we were counting paper ballots? So. Uh, you'll get to learn uh, about those things. If you don't have time to listen to the whole program right now here as uh, we're on the radio and you're maybe in your car uh, driving around listening, uh, you can catch the rebroadcast and replay of this on our website, www.cybertalkradio.com, as well as iTunes podcasts or Pocket Cast. Uh, YouTube, if you, you, YouTube, you'll be able to see a really nice photo of Jackie and I here as we're uh, in the studio. We do not put up full uh, video recording of... 
uh, our programs on YouTube, but the uh, audio is available there as well. And uh, so I know we uh, try to get this content out uh, to as many of the different channels uh, as we can to help folks learn uh, about things like this, where we're talking about the cybersecurity and there's all these concerns about election hacking and all the rest of this, but um, it's better to do this with electronic ballots and this is the cybersecurity guy saying I would much prefer electronic ones over paper ones uh, from that security perspective. So uh, hang with us here through the news, traffic, and weather update at the bottom of the hour and we will be back to uh, talk about election day. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. Uh, today we're going to talk about some technology that's not directly connected to the internet on a regular basis. So this is uh, about election security, those electronic voting machines we all use. Uh, if you're listening to us live here on a Saturday night, uh, you can start early voting in Bear County on Monday. Um, and that'll run through for uh, a couple of weeks, Jackie? Yes, sir. Two yeah, weeks. Two weeks. November 3rd. And then uh, if you, you miss that, then you get to go to your precinct polling place on November 7th. And if, if you need to find your individual precinct polling place, um, that information's listed and available on the Bear County website at www.bexar.org. Slash elections. Slash elections. So you can uh, find your sample ballot there, um, and it will be your individual sample ballot potentially in these, some of these big complex elections. Uh, we could have 900 different ballots for the million registered voters in Bear County. That's uh, this is this is complicated stuff. Um, so uh, first half of the program, we covered a whole lot of that and the, the history. You can listen to the rebroadcast uh, replay of that on uh, Tuesday. It'll be up on our website on www.cybertalkradio.com as well as uh, iTunes or Pocket Cast for your Android. Um, devices. So as we're uh, going through, we're heading into this uh, early voting. So we've got uh, 2,800 electronic voting machines. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so some of those are going to go out to these early voting locations here on, on Monday. So um, you store them in a, a warehouse somewhere and then they, how do they get deployed into this election cycle? So how do you, you decide to roll out? Here's the ones that get marked for early voting and where do they go and, and who keeps track of them? Our chain of custody is amazing. We, we have a wonderful chain of custody on all of our units. Um, we prepare them, we program them, we load them, and then we seal them up once we've put the program in them. We then turn them over to a bonded transportation company, which has two people with it at all times. They're delivered to the site. There's a person there that signs for them. Uh, when the election's all over, the bonded company goes back, picks them up, brings them back to us into our secure warehouse. So, and and you said uh, since we made the the cutover to the electronic voting almost twenty years ago now, uh, it's sneaking up on that pretty quickly. Fifteen. Fifteen, mm -hmm. yeah. And 
and so since that point we never lost a, a ballot so that bonded transportation company and like the the truck never drove off in the wrong direction <laughs> or or got in an accident where the voting machines were destroyed or damaged not not at all. Not at all. Yeah, hear this knocking. Yeah, that's in the background there. We've got a wood table here in the studio. We're knocking on that. Hopefully this is not the election. I didn't jinx things for, for us here at Bear County and for you, Jackie. Uh, yeah, so they're they're transported safely and securely. The machines don't uh, get lost. So you've never had to actually activate that process of what do you do if they get lost? Oh, I'm sure you have the process. We absolutely have our disaster recovery. Yes, yeah. we have it for all sections of our elections. Yeah, so you'd mentioned that the the electronic ballots get stored um, in the machines in a, a various different set of ways. So um, it, that voting machine itself, it stores the ballots uniquely, or do you transport two separate machines that have, is it two separate cars um, so they could lose one of them or... It's one single thing and it just can't get lost, which is why you've got the two people in the safe transport. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's it's the two people at all times. And when the election is over, the election official at each site will harvest the votes off of each of the units for us. And then they bring that back with two people. So you have the actual machine and you have the, the at the site, they do a, a, a data download. And so yes. you've got two separate, you've got kind of the original machine records plus the data download. Exactly. Oh, so you do, yeah. You do have two separate copies and you Constantly. can. Constantly. Yeah. Um, and this is important. And this is one of the things as you, you go through from a data security perspective is uh, you'll hear chain of custody. If you've never heard that term before, we won't dive deeply into it uh, today. Um, it will uh, talk about the concepts of using that chain of custody. Um, and if you're a law enforcement official or an attorney, you're going to be really familiar with that term. But if not, uh, go out there, do some reading online, and you can you can learn a lot about chain of custody. But this is one of the, the key ways to maintain uh, the data integrity. There are some other things you, you need to do, and, and the electronic voting machines will ask some questions about that here in a few minutes on just how do you verify that um, the voter actually was the voter and some of those so you can um, ensure that bad data is not getting into the system to begin with. But that chain of custody of knowing who's in control of the machines, who's watching, who's uh, taking care of uh, that system, uh, and having that two-factor process uh, where you have dual people in charge at all points in time is, uh, I'm sure many of you, you all have heard about uh, what happened uh, at Equifax um, with the, the data breach here recently. Um, and that was one where uh, their process, um, if it did require two people to sign off on things, that process wasn't being followed, was not being audited um, at the, the level that it needs to be. And if, as uh, you've heard from Jackie here running an election uh, now electronically here for over 15 years, We've not had any of those problems because as I asked her questions, you hear that we have two people and those people are trained on the process. They know what the process is and they are also holding their, their peers and counterparts accountable to those processes. So um, one of these things is it's not just a technology doesn't create problems um, in a unique manner. It doesn't solve them magically either. Um, all of this still comes down uh, at the end of the day really to people and process and technology is a tool involved um, in a human-based process um, that you, you have to have people in there um, that are holding each other accountable and this is why that, that dual person, she just mentioned it, uh, 
just like everyone should know this and everyone should do this, that um, it's important across all areas inside your, your business, whether uh, whether this is in elections, and this elections are one where integrity matters all the time, but in your business it does as well as if you have uh, allow um, accounting people to authorize and send a wire transfer out. You should have a second person verifying and double checking it to make sure before you actually hit send. Um, this will help with spear phishing. This will help with all sorts of um, different fraudulent things that could happen to your your accounting department um, out there from these uh, hacker and criminal things going on these days. And uh, like is with the elections, uh, we had all these rumors about the, the Russians sneaking into our election and hacking the voting machines uh, in this last cycle. Um, We've got the process here in place where it would be very, very challenging um, for them to be able to do something like that here in Bear County. It would require long-term undercover foreign spies to be here. This is something more I think you see out of a, a movie than you do uh, in reality. So uh, to, talking through a little bit of that, uh, Jackie, so it, to go uh, into your position or one of the positions working in the, the Bear County elections, um, you guys have some sort of background check? Every election, we have a background check. Um, even the full-time people that are in the office have to go through a background check uh, once a year. Uh, the transportation company, they have trip, uh, background checks on all of the drivers. Um, we've set this up. It's a process that we do. Yeah. So, And these are the kind of the safeguards and controls you put into place to, to make sure that you do keep this information um, correct and accurate. So um, I think for some of the super cybersecurity savvy folks out in our audience uh, that follow these the hacking conferences, these things like DEF CON and uh, other stuff going on. So they sent a bunch of these election machines, voting machines out to, to DEF CON over um, this last year cycle here. So that conference is held on an annual basis. Um, and it's, it's happened in between uh, the last presidential election where there was all this talk about the Russian hackers. And then they sent these these voting machines out to DEFCON and DEFCON hackers hacked all the voting machines. So um, it this is one where uh, if you give me physical access to almost any computing system and in an unfettered manner, almost anything is hackable at this point. Um, and it's probably not what you want to hear out there as a owner of a, a computer. But if you give a knowledgeable person at physical access to the system, um, in an uncontrolled manner, they're going to be able to gain access to that system. Um, so it's not any different with an electronic voting machine. But this is where, um, as you, you heard, as Jackie talked through the process there, you have these machines are in custody of two people. Um, you have the election um, judges. Are they judges in the yes, precincts? Yeah. The election judges. Yeah. So the election judges in the precincts, they're um, watching the voting machine. So I can't bring my hacking tools into the voting booth. I can't even have my cell phone on within 100 feet of it, uh, for goodness sake. If, if I've got my sample ballot on my phone, I've got to download that out to a paper copy somehow beforehand or just remember what I was going to vote for. Uh, but So it, that unfettered physical access is not given to these voting machines. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, even the election code specifies that at each of the polls, you have a minimum of three people so that if one has to go assist somebody or you know, take care of nature, then the machines are always within view of two people. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, this is, is back into, and then each cycle. So you go through, we're going to have a new election here. So these machines, um, have been sitting, they get 
software for the, the ballot put on there? Um, uh, do you have a, a check and an audit process just to, to make sure they're all functioning properly? Absolutely. I, I wish your listeners could come and just spend a couple days with us to see the checks and balances. Once the program's done um, and it's tested and it's tested and it's tested, then the media is burned. The uh, PEBs, the personal ballots, and the flashcards that have the media on them. And everyone's specific when they're loaded into the machines. There's a program that's run to make sure that it's, yes, it's there. Yes, it's secure. Then it's locked down. Then there's seals put on it, and it's prepared for transportation. Yeah, so those those ports that you need to actually be able to, to get in and, quote, gain physical access to the voting machine is inside of a, a sealed compartment. So, like, if you think on, on your computer you've got the little USB or a lightning port or things you can plug stuff into, um, it's, in, you'll see this on, like, gas pumps. Um, this is one to look for skimmers out there. Um, you can check and pull the little credit card thing, but you should see on those gas pumps, they get out and get inspected. And there'll be a little sticker out on the gas pump as well in this seal to see if somebody's opened it up and tampered with it. So if you don't see that sticker on your gas pump, um, you may not want to use that gas pump because somebody may have stuck something inside. Same thing here with the voting machine. They have seals on them and those the ports to actually be able to access and modify and change any of this is inside of a sealed compartment. Correct. Uh, each, each of those uh, ports have a door that slides over it, and then we put a seal over that door. Yeah. And, and this is one, as our voting machines being uh, 15 years old, they may be running Windows XP. They may just... That's exactly what they're running. Yeah. And so <laughs> all of my the listeners are all cringing on Windows That's, XP. But uh-huh. this, is, this is one where, from a security perspective, like I would not want to connect a Windows XP machine to the internet without um, a whole set of security things around it. Yeah, it's a good laugh there. Yeah, it, it is. Um, there's plenty of Windows XP computers out there connected to the internet these days still, um, which is not good. If you're on Windows XP and you're just uh, running on the internet, please either upgrade your operating system or um, look at ways at adding additional security to that above and beyond the operating system uh, from an operational control perspective to keep that safe. But Windows XP runs in a number of embedded environments and uh, security can be achieved not only by having no flaws at the operating system level, but even if you know that there's a flaw or a defect or a problem there, if you don't allow that problem to be exploited, it doesn't matter that the problem exists. So um, if there's a, with Windows XP, there's um, some, uh, over this last year, we've had a few different um, things come out. There was a ransomware worm earlier this year that exploited problems in Windows XP that didn't infect any of your, your ballot boxes because they're not sitting on the internet. That's exactly right. They are not on the internet at any time. Yeah. So um, we've gone through here and, and we've got these secure voting machines that are set up. So they get polling place closes at seven o'clock on election night. Yes, sir. If we're yeah. lucky. If we're lucky. If okay. we're lucky. If there's a line out the door, though, y'all stay open. Absolutely. Still. Yeah. So everyone gets a chance. You got to get in the line before seven. So you get um, there. Um, everyone gets their opportunity to vote. So then um, the polling place gets closed down so they will close the the voting machines up they download the information out the the secure transport folks show up to take these back to some place for the vote counting uh no sir the the we harvest the votes off of each and every terminal then the election officials bring back in the media that has the votes on it the units are locked in a cage and the transportation company picks them up the next day but the election officials then will drive to one of seven sites around Bear County. We have what we call regional sending sites. 
so that we don't have to bring all of those 712 precincts back to Election Central. We modem them, modem the results in from seven different locations. And when we modem them in, uh, you may cringe when you hear it, but we actually transport, transmit that data on analog phone lines. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, again, it's back. It's, it's ways to keep this stuff um, separate, safe, and secure. So the, the odds of a, a hacker um, jumping into your analog phone circuit or compromising anything there through that analog connection back to a central processing facility, very low. Very, yes, sir. We, ha- we have the modems in a secure room. Yeah. Uh, we have our election system in a very secure room. Our servers are with us in that room, and we are not attached to the Internet in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, so then as all of these votes go in, they get counted, and then somehow they get updated onto the website, though, because we can go there and I can see this nice, uh, it refreshes pretty quickly as the the results go through. Um, It's one of the things that I I enjoy and like. Um, It's all of the information in an accurate, concise manner, but without trying to be fancy. Um, I'm sure you, you probably have some people going, can't you have fancy bar charts and graphs and make it pretty? Um, it's all the information. So it's a, a pretty simple text form that all of this, the data gets loaded up on all the different elections. So how do the results get from your servers over to the, the Bear County uh, election website? Uh, that's, a gr- that's a great question. Again, we run them on our own server where it's a closed, closed system. And then when it's time for us to do an, an update, um, we literally take the results off of our equipment on a jump drive, take it out and put it on another computer and, and upload it that way. Um, so it's a physical, it, it, we're not even sending that data across. Yeah, so yeah, that the, the server, the official server with the election results never gets plugged into the internet where the, the Russians are going to hack it. So unless they sneak into your office. Well, and again, I think part of that hacking that they had talked about is we as they're digging deeper into it, it seems like it was attempts that were made on the voter registration side of the House. You know, and as we talked about in the beginning, as an election administrator, we're charged with the voter registration side of the House and the election. So when any voter goes to the polls, there are two completely separate systems there at that time. The qualifying system for the voter that you talked about is uh, a system that, again, is run by the state of Texas. And then the election side is what Bear County has with our Ivotronics. They're two entirely different systems. Yeah. Uh, and, and so on the, that voter registration um, piece, so you can go through now. I, th- I feel like I renewed my driver's license recently. And at TxDOT now, I can register to vote there. I think it asked me if I was already registered or not. So that's one Correct. way to register. Uh, what are other ways to go out and register to, to vote in Texas? Uh, again, go to our website and download an application. You, well, you can fill the application out, but still in Texas, we must have that wet signature. So you have to download that paper, sign it, and send it in to us. Um, you can get forms at libraries. You can get them. Uh, there's deputy voter registrars. They're at social services. You'll find cards all over the place. Yeah. If if I had to come downtown for jury duty and I'm not registered to vote yet, is there a place there at the courthouse where I can I could pick up and register to vote while I was doing that as well? Yes, sir. Absolutely. And one of the most uh, emotional, just uplifting is for when we do the naturalizations and the newly sworn citizens sign up to vote. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's great to see and uh. 
Um, I think this is one of the things that uh, is really special about America is that uh, you get that opportunity to come through, become a citizen, and and have that right to to vote just like someone who's been born here. So uh, from that registration perspective, so um, in in Texas here, uh, is Bear County, are you responsible for both the, the actual election results as the administrator and the, the registration and the, the voter sign-up? Is that yes, both yes, fall, both of those fall yes. under under you? I'm the elections administrator. So, uh, and, and the registration there, um, if I was down at the the DMV and I was signing up to to register to vote, um, how do we how do we know I'm me and not just I didn't go find somebody else's social security number and make a new fake driver's license or any of the rest of that? Well, again, uh, the t- in Texas. When you do register to vote, you're to give us your birth date and you're to give us the last four of your social or your Texas driver's license number. Now, in Texas, we had talked about there are 254 counties and the state of Texas is the official keeper of the voter registration lines. And in the state of Texas, all of the counties use their system real time all day long except for 39 counties. 39 counties are referred to as the big boys, and the 39 counties account for 75% of the registered voters. So we do our work in-house on our own servers, and then we wrap that up and we export it every night up to the Secretary of State where it is validated. They validate the social. They validate the Texas driver's license. And then we import it the next morning with an assigned number. And then to answer your questions, right now Texas is still under voter ID. So when you do show up, you're going to have to present a voter ID. And and so it, at the state level of those things roll up, is say if I lived in El Paso and I, I moved over here to San Antonio, um, how, how do they check and verify I'm not registered in both and I don't? try to cheat and vote absentee in El Paso and vote on a, a ballot here at a, a polling place. Well, again, that's that's the wonders and, and the, the job of having a statewide database. So when they get that new registration up, it will be matched as a strong match. It will They'll match your name, they'll match your birth date, and then they'll match that other information, whether it's the Texas driver's license or it's the social, and it will be automatically canceled at your old county. In Texas now, it doesn't account for people who are registered in different states. Obviously, there is no national database. Yeah, and that's that's one that's been talked about um, over this this last couple of years. Is what do we do from a, a national perspective? And um, there's a lot of data privacy folks saying maybe this is not the greatest idea. But then from as we just walk through this scenario here, if I moved from Colorado to San Antonio. Potentially, I could vote absentee in Colorado, and I could vote in San Antonio. Um, are there enough people moving around and trying to do that that makes a difference in the election outcome? Not likely. If you look at the number of votes at the, the statewide levels, the number of, of folks um, that would be trying to commit that crime of voting twice, I'm not sure which law that is falls under, but I'm sure that if that's one of those things that's a no-no in life, if you pulled that off, um, someone's going to get you in trouble for it. So for for this election cycle, it's it's uh, probably uh, too late to uh, become a an election judge or election official and help out uh, in this one. But if folks want to uh, help out in the Bear County elections, they're listening to this and going, you know what? I don't believe all this stuff. I want to go see it all firsthand myself. Um, how could they uh, get into this process and get involved? 
That's a great question. Thank you. Also, go to our website, and we have a section in there that you want to participate and be an election official, and you fill out a form and send it to us. Or it's as easy as calling us on the phone and speaking with one of our liaisons. Our phone number is 210-335-VOTE. 210-335-VOTE. Yeah, and you, uh, you'll need to dial that 210 these days. Uh, that's uh, recently here, so we're expanding out. We may have more than one area code here soon, and they're, they're getting us all ready by asking us to dial uh, all the digits uh, now. So, uh, And then uh, from a, a cyber perspective, uh, so you guys have these electronic machines. You're going to move to some newer, fancier ones here um, in the, the coming future cycle. So if you're a cybersecurity professional and listening, uh, Jackie, how can those folks reach out to, to you or to someone else on your team? Oh, we'd love to have them. Um, we have technical support for all of our elections, um, it, which is the, the cyber people, the technical people that go from site to site to assist our, vote, our election officials in case there's any problem, if there's any questions, uh, we have the technicians there to help them walk them through. And again, call our phone number, please, 210-335-VOTE. Uh, we're looking for technical support people for all of our elections. And as we move forward into the new system, um, we're going to need more. That's wonderful. Uh, thank you for joining us on Cyber Talk Radio. This has been a, a very fun conversation for me. Uh, I've learned uh, quite a few different things. 254 counties, right? Yes, sir. I've heard that before, but it's one of those <laughs> ones where it just shocks me still every single time. So if uh, you just happen to uh, turn on your radio and catch the, the end of this, uh, you can listen to the full rebroadcast and replay on our website, www.cybertalkradio.com as well as iTunes podcast, Pocket Cast on an Android device, or uh, even on our YouTube channel. So uh, we've uh, gone through all the things about uh, election security, the whole election process, um, and learned a little bit about where you can go to vote, where you can register, uh, and all of those things, and uh, why the electronic ballots are uh, much better than paper ones. So uh, thank you again very much for joining, Jackie, and uh, we'll look forward to everyone getting out and voting here starting next week. Thank you. <laughs>